It's always good. It's always good to see the faces that I know and I love and I like. <laughs> you guys been away? Good. Good holiday? <laughs> if you've been on holiday, good. If you haven't been on holiday and you go in, enjoy it. Be sensible. And come back. Most of all, come back. You know, since I've been away, I've been asking the Lord. You know, when I'm on holiday, I still pray. Yeah, I know. Phil's saying I can't believe it, yeah. Because I have a walk with God. God doesn't go on holiday. I remember the days when I used to do that and say, well, I'm on holiday now, Lord. And the Lord said, well, gee, great. Maybe when I'll go on my holidays, maybe the world will just collapse. <coughs> Not now, John, no, I'm preaching. Um, just hold it back, John, for a while. Don't worry. And when I was away on holiday, God began to speak to me about you. Because I was speaking to God about you. So it's always good when God speaks to you, or God speaks to you about others, the same others that you've been speaking to God about. And, uh, and, I, and I've been asking the Lord, how can we help this congregation to better understand what is being emphasized in this season? And the season God's been talking to us about entering into his presence, entering into his fullness, entering into the, the, the per plans and purposes of God. Because believe it or not, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He told us that he has plans to give you hope and a future. And, uh, and when you call on him, he would answer you. So we have that promise, we have that right to expect God to answer us on those issues that we talk to him about. Is that fair to say that? So if God has got a plan and a future for my life, it would stand to reason that I, only, I should only want to... Choir of God to know what that is. And if God's got a plan in the future for our church, then it's, again, it only stands to reason that we should inquire of God so he would tell us what his plan is for this church. Because within this church, this is what you need to understand. Though God loves you very, very much, so much that he gave his only son, and he put salvation into you, but you are not bigger than his church. And he put you in a church, and he gave that church an assignment, and out of that assignment, God raises you. So many people want to bypass the church and think God will just work with them on their own. It's not true. God loves his church. He's coming back for his church. And the church, you don't have to read your Bible to see how much the letters are addressed to the church. So all those who are in the church... And the church is in them. So it's not those who just go to church. It's those who are the church. The word there is called ecclesia. Yeah. And that means those who are called out of darkness and into light. You are those who are called out of darkness into his glorious light. Amen? Amen. And we want this word to be made certain and sure to us so that we can enter into what God is speaking and what God has promised for us. Amen? Yeah. And... Uh, if nothing is allowed to enter into you, then you can't enter into nothing. If you, if you are not an entrance for God to speak to, then how would you expect to receive anything from God? So your first priority is to make sure you are an entrance point so God can speak to you and you can speak to God. Because all that's coming, God's got to speak to you. It just doesn't happen. God has to speak to you. And he has to speak to me. And he has to speak to us. And that's how we know what's on his mind. And in his heart. And those Christians who can't hear God are going to be in trouble. Because God speaks to those he loves. God just does not speak to the pastor. He speaks to the people. So when the pastor speaks to the people, the God who's been speaking to the pastor is also the same God who's been speaking to the people. That's how they know God is speaking. When you don't speak to God, you're always thinking, the pastor's always trying to convince you. The ministry of the pastor is not to convince. The ministry of the pastor is to speak what God is saying. And let the Holy Spirit within you 
convince or convict. Amen? So I'll read this scripture to you and it'll make sense. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 12, 2 Peter 1 verse 12, it says, So I always remind you, so I will always remind you of these things. There are things that you always need reminding of. No matter how long you've been a Christian, there are always things that you and I need reminding of. And Peter sees this, even though you know them, he says. And are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think, he says, I think it's right to refresh your memory. As long as I live in this tent of this body. So Peter is saying, he knows there are the people he's talking to, they also have knowledge, they also have relationship, they also have a measure of whereby they've entered into the things that God has already spoken to them. However, there are things that you still need reminding of. And Peter says, that's part of his ministry, is to remind you what you already have received and know about, because he was the one who spoke so those things could take root with inside your heart. But then there's a, thing, there's a time for him to keep on reminding and refreshing you so that what's inside of you will come to faith. So thank God there are people who God speaks to. When I was in, in America, I, God gave me a dream for a pastor. Now I'm not one that gets many dreams, but this dream was so clear and so vivid. And I thought, well, Lord... I don't even have access to this pastor. So you're going to have to make a way for me to speak so I can remind them of what you've said. And that's exactly what did happen. God made a way where I could go and speak to this pastor and tell him of the dream that the Lord had spoken to me. Why? It's right that I remind him. Because the dream I gave him, he also had a very similar experience. So, therefore, I am now reminding him, and in the reminding, I am refreshing him. Yes? So, when the Lord speaks a word to you that you already know, the second time it refreshes you because you know you've already received it. You've heard it, and God's got it on his radar to speak to you again about the same subject. That inspires us and refreshes us. Does he not? Why does God do that? Because he is determined that you will enter into those things that you know and have received. God is right behind the throne, interceding. Jesus is interceding for you to succeed. So he sends words. And in those words, you receive them. And then he sends, an, he sends a word again to another man or another woman to go and remind them of what I planted in their heart and they may have forgotten about or they've allowed to lie idle. So he comes and he speaks, and as he speaks, it rises up on the inside of somebody again. And then they begin to pray about it again and bring it to the next level. Amen? That's what's happening to us in this season. God is reminding us and keeps speaking to us. There's many, many things we already know. And we have received because you've received them through the various teachings and ministry. But now God is reminding us and bringing back to memory those things he previously sowed into our hearts. Why? Because he's determined we'll enter into them. Does that make sense? So there's personal things that he's promised to you and spoken to you about. But there are corporately, there are things we must enter into. We must enter into. We cannot just think alone. We must think corporately. Yes? So it's right, I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in, in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent. So as long as God Almighty gives me breath, you're going to keep hearing my voice. Oh, no, Lord, no, Lord. Go away, let's send him on holiday. So whenever we enter into anything new, whenever... We enter into anything new in God. We enter into those things five distinct ways. Five distinct ways. And when I read them to you, you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We enter in by the blood of the Lamb. 
There is no way of entering into the things of God unless the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. You can't speak the promises of God to somebody who is not saved because they don't apply to somebody who's not saved. They apply to us. So we go in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Why? Because this is our access code. The blood of the Lamb is our access code. It's the backstage pass to all areas. There's nowhere we can't go in the Spirit once we've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You know, the enemy once used to go into the heavens. You remember the story of Job? When the devil walked into the heavens? The devil's never been allowed to walk back into the heavens. Why? Once Jesus cleansed the mercy, mercy seat, the devil's no longer allowed. Satan, you're not allowed, but you are. You have got access to an area that he doesn't have access to. Amen? We are seated far above principalities, rulers, and authorities. We're seated next to him. Amen? That's our position. So we enter in by. Never forget the by. Not the sweet by and by. Never forget the blood. The blood is what gives you access. We enter in through. We enter in through what? We enter through faith. Through faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So what does God do? God gives you measure of faith so that you can please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. So God gives you a measure of faith so that you can please him with. And you keep working with that measure until that measure begins to grow. Amen? So work on your measure of faith and you'll enter in. You'll keep entering into the things of God because everything you enter into requires faith. Everything you re- enter into requires faith. So we enter in by, we enter in through. We enter in because. Because we are heirs of the promise. Because we're heirs of the promise. God made covenant with us. And in that covenant, he gave us promises. And what those promises, we are heirs of the promise. So in our inheritance, we enter because we have an inheritance. The inheritance is in the saints. Amen? We enter in because of the finished work of Christ. When he said it's finished, he didn't say he was finished. He said it's finished, the work is finished. So enter in and come and take the inheritance. We enter in. Not only by, not only through, not only because. Let me give you another one. We enter in with. We enter in with clean hands and a pure heart. We must have clean hands and a pure heart. If we who sends to the hill of the Lord, he who has clean hands. The things you touch, the things you hold, and a pure heart. We can only enter in with a clean hands and pure heart. And with thanksgiving in our hearts and on our lips. So, uh, so listen, you can't be dirty, sinful, and walk in praising. The first thing you do is get on your knees. You say, Father, forgive me. There's a different praise coming out. There's a different words, language coming out of your mouth. Your, mouth. your heart now is open. You're saying, Lord, cleanse me. And when you sense the cleansing of God upon your life, then you get up and you begin to thank him for what he's doing. Amen. That is who you are. You're a healer. You're a forgiver. You're a restorer. You're a redeemer. You remember my sins no more. As far as from the east, is from the west. You remember my sin no more. Yes. Why? Because he just doesn't line, he doesn't line the hallways of heaven with all past memories of your sin. You don't see any trace of your sin when he said it's finished and it's over and he's forgiven. It's not there no more. So we enter in by, we enter in through. We enter in because and we enter in with. And one more. We enter in knowing. We enter in knowing. Knowing what? That if we ask anything according to his name, that he, is, he will hear us and he's able to supply that which we have asked him for. We enter in knowing that our Father hears us and wants us to receive those things he's promised. That's why he says, we have full confidence to approach the throne of God. Why? Knowing 
that as we speak to him, that if we ask anything according to his, his will and purpose, he hears us and, we'll rec- and we receive it. So that's what gives us confidence to keep entering. Yeah. Knowing. What's the point of me keep asking him, knowing that he's going to say no, he's going to say no, he's going to say no. No, he never answers me, he never answers me. Who's going to want to enter in with somebody who keeps saying no? No one. But our father's not like that. We know in faith that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And he says, come, 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 come. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm your father. You're my son and my daughter. Talk to me. Father, father, I'm asking. Your scripture says this. He says, good. You're asking according to my will. Now believe you'll receive it and you will. Didn't say ask for anything. He said anything according to my will and purpose. Yeah? There's some things we ask for that's not good for you and goes against God's will and his purpose. So, if you'll just indulge me for a second, will you just repeat back those five words for me? We enter in by the blood. Come on, say it with me. I enter in by the blood. I enter in through faith. I enter in because... I'm an heir of the promise. I, enter, I will enter in with clean hands and a pure heart. And I will enter in knowing that when I ask anything according to his will and his purpose, he hears me and grants me according to that. Amen? So when we understand these five things, how much more confidence do we now have to enter in? How much more confidence now do we have to enter in? Knowing that the throne room is open, I enter in by, through, with. I enter in because, and I enter in knowing. Wow, the pathway's clear. I can walk into the Father's throne room right now. Right now, I can close my eyes and start to ascend and say, Father, you know you're the miracle worker. Lord, right now, David, you will get healed. You will get healed. It might be your journey you've got to come to in faith. But there's no problem on your father's side. The father's already stated that you will be healed. So you have to come in and say, Father, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. The enemy wants you sick. But your father said you're not, you're not sick. You feel sick. Absolutely. We're not denying that. What we're saying is, is that as long as you're willing to live with some stuff, you'll never be in a hurry to get rid of it. Yes? So... 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 verse 9 says this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him this morning? then your father has prepared some things for you that your eyes have not yet seen, your ears have not yet heard, and your mind is not yet ready to conceive or perceive what God has planned for you. Would you all agree with that? So therefore then, does it, how much more does entering into those things seem realistic? So, Lisa... There's things your eyes have not seen. Would you like your eyes to see? David, there's things your mind have not yet conceived or perceived. Would you like light to come in? Of course you would. Right then. So if he says to you, enter in. Well, Lord, how can I enter in? I can't see it. I haven't perceived it. But if I could show you and promise you that there's things your mind has not yet perceived, that I'll give you light so you can, I'm in. Right then. So... However, it is written, no eye has seen. But God wants those eyes to see. Amen. No mind, sorry, no ear has heard. But there are things that God wants you to hear. Yeah. And the things that God wants you to keep on hearing, that's why it's good that I remind you of these things. Yeah. Just making sense? Yes. There are things that God has prepared for you in advance, but yet you still have not, you don't know about them fully. But you know there are things, there's much, much, much more that God wants you to enter into. Right. So 
in order for you to enter into those things, somebody has to show you them, teach you them, because as they teach you, your eyes are opened. Amen. And once your eyes are open, by faith you say, I'm going, I want a bit of that. I want more than that. I need that. Me and my family need more of this. So then, as long as you're alive, there'll always be things your eyes have not seen. Who's ever seen, I didn't say no, physically, tangibly, been in the room when somebody's been raised from the dead? I'll take your silence as meaning no. Right then, would you like to see that? Well, we've got to have a few dead people around first. So let's raise the ones in the church first. And then we'll start working on the ones outside the church. And I'm not being flippant because there's a lot of dead people, spiritually dead people in the church that we have to raise from the dead. And we raise them from the dead by encouraging them to see things they've not seen. To perceive things they've never once considered. To hear things they've never once, they've never before heard. That's why God moves you from one church to another. Hello? God moves you from one church because there are things that you would never see and hear while you're in, you remain in that place. That's why God moves us around. Or moves us to a place, not around. It's not a go anywhere, be anywhere, free for all. God moves us to specific places if we want his will. Because there are some things you can't hear and receive and perceive in one place that God says, as good as that place is, there are some things over here you need to consider. Okay? Okay? So you're all, let's just say, that backside of yours on a seat is here in destiny. So if your backside, your blessed assurance is sat on a chair in destiny, it's because, Eric, there's things you have not yet seen. Things you have not yet heard. And things that God wants you to consider so you can enter into them. Amen? So, however it is written, no eye has seen, no heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for us. But God has revealed it. God is revealing it to us. By his spirit. By his spirit. Not by the internet. Not by books. Not by the pastor. But by his spirit. So let's go to John 16. We enter in and can only keep entering in by, through, with, knowing the more we partner with the Holy Spirit. If you do not partner with the Holy Spirit, folks, you're always going to be struggling to find the way. There'll always be things you can't see things you can't understand, things you struggle to hear, things that you struggle to perceive if you do not partner with the Holy Spirit. One of the things that breaks God's heart is when he sees his children not living to their full potential. One of the things that breaks any parent's heart is when they, they realize their children don't make good choices and they know their, children's, their children is much better than the choices they've made. True? A real parent says, you know what? I know you're better than this. I know you're better than that job. I know you're better than that relationship. I know you're better than whatever that is. And your father's no different. <coughs> your father's no different. So what do you do when choices have been made that are contrary, that are low below par to what your potential is? Though the father intercedes for you. Jesus intercedes, I should say on the throne for you so that his children will make the choices according to his will and purpose. So let's bring that down into your family. What do you do when you see your children taking paths that you know you, the better, you know, that's not going to fulfill their full potential? What do you do when you see them dating people? You think, mm -mm, that's a, that's a non-starter. That's going to go nowhere. That's going to end in tears. I tell you what you do. You do what Jesus does. You kneel down and you begin to intercede. And you don't get up until you see your children taking a different pathway. Because prayer is the only answer. And God will give you the light and the wisdom to speak into those situations. 
Amen? But that light must come from you partnering with the Holy Spirit. So let's read the scripture. Just so in case you think I'm telling you porkies. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth. Please say with me. But when he, the Spirit of truth. Come on, all together. But when he, the Spirit of truth. Just stop there for a second. But when. God is waiting for your when. But when. But when's he going to come? When is he going to come in your life? When is he going to be allowed to help you see what you couldn't see? Understand what you couldn't understand. Perceive what you have never perceived. But when? There's always going to be a when. There's got to be a time when you say, Father, I today is a day I will partner with the Holy Spirit. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide me into all truth. I'm using the word me here. He will guide me into all truth. He will not speak of his own. Only what he hears. And he will tell me what is yet to come. Come on, make this personal. We know Jesus is talking to his disciples about the Holy Ghost. He's talking to them about the Holy Spirit. This is before he's going to the Father. But I'm going to want this, I want you to read this because the same Holy Spirit that Jesus partnered with is the same Holy Spirit that he wants you to partner with. Because he said, when I go away, I will send him for you. Right, so read it in the context that now you have received it. You're on the other side of that now. Jesus has been, he's ascended to the Father, He sent the Holy Ghost. You are now reading this. We're not waiting for Jesus to go to the Father. He's with the Father. And he will come back. But until that day, he sends the Holy Spirit to guide you into those things you have not yet seen. Those things you have not yet heard. Those things you have not yet understood. And he brings the Holy Spirit, but he needs you to willingly partner with him. So, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide me into all truth. He will not speak of his own. In other words, he will not be a confusion to my life. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell me what is yet to come. Why? Because there are things yet to come in my destiny. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. So every time the Holy Spirit takes you into a truth, he takes, you, he takes from what was Jesus's and he makes it known to you so that it's yours. So let's just say <coughs> you've never entered into healing. And all of a sudden you hear someone speak about healing and they release an element of truth that you never conceived, you never thought about before. And all of a sudden as the speaker speaks, it hits you and you think, healing's for me. I'm going to rise into it. Right, he took what was from the Father, he made it known to you and now you entered into it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's your job to partner with him. His job is to reveal. Your job is to partner. Amen? He will take what is mine, what is mine, and make it known to you so you can enter in and partake of it. Amen? All that belongs to the Father, Irene, is yours. Why? Because through Jesus Christ, all that the Father provided has been released through Jesus Christ. And you are a, a daughter of the living Christ. Amen. So therefore, you have covenant promise. Amen. And then he says this, this is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and he will make it known to you. The confidence we have is this, that if we ask according to his will, his name, he will send the Holy Ghost to make known to us what is of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and what is yours by the covenant. He'll make it known to you. What great confidence. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to struggle. I just have to say, Lord, make it known to me. What you know, I don't know. Make it known to me. It's so much easier when you can walk like this. It's so much easier when you can walk like this. You don't have to struggle. Don't have to strive. 
Just stand in his presence. Read his word. Let his word enter into you. Keep walking with him and light and understanding will come to you. You know, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm walking for my coffee when I was in the States and it's a long walk and I had to do my constitutional walk because I've not got access to the gym. So I decided that I would walk a couple of miles every day, me and Carol. And I'm walking from, with me coffee. I'm walking for my coffee. And I'm asking the Lord about you guys. And I'm not complaining to him because I'm on holiday. <laughs> and I'm walking up the road and I'm asking the Lord to show me, to show me, to show me, to show me. Lord, keep that, da, da, da. And I get down, I get into the, into the shop and I get my coffee and I sit down and I open my pad up to some notes that I'd made while ago and the first scripture is exactly what I've just been praying why that which I've been asking according to his will and his purpose was always the scripture was on my pad I could have out of those notes I was reading there was 120 pages now how do I know what page that scripture is on I don't but God knows and I turn to that page and the scripture explodes in front of me he said, this is what you do when you get back. Hey, put some sugar in that coffee. I don't need any. <laughs> Felt like Mickey Flanagan. I'm back in the game again, ain't I? Paul says it this way in Ephesians 3.16. I pray out. I pray out of his glorious riches. Now, please just hold this as it's coming to me now. To be out, to pray out, you've got to be in. Come on, get this. To pray out of something, you've got to be in. So I'm on the inside. I can pray out of his glorious riches. Why? Because I've entered them. And Paul's entered into a dimension, and out of that dimension, he's praying out. So what? So let me just sow this little thought as it's coming to me. What is, it, what is possible for you to pray out of? What have you entered in that you can pray out of? Wow. What have you entered in? Come on. Let that be a little challenge to you. Define what you've entered into and pray out of that. So let's face it. Let's uh, illustrate it like this. If you've ever, ever been, on the, uh, been a recipient to the goodness of God, pray out of the goodness. If you've ever been a recipient of a financial breakthrough, pray out of a financial breakthrough. If you've ever been a recipient of divine healing, pray out of the divine healing. Pray out of the area that you have entered into. That's where your strength will be. So I, for me, I love the word. So I know I have a lot. You know, the currency in me, when I went away on holiday, I take so much money with me. But you know, that wasn't the currency I was carrying. And I'm not being flippant when I say this. I realize when I'm away, when I was away, I carry more currency inside here than I ever did in here. You all get access to what's in here. The wife gets access to what's in here. Right? Seriously. But I realize when you, when, when you go into, into the States, you say, have you got more than $10,000? <laughs> you start laughing. Ten, have I got more than $10,000? Are you having a laugh? Yeah, have you got $10,000? Have you got more than $10,000? <laughs> I wish. So you got to tell him what you declare. And it came, it appeared to me, I thought, how do I quantify how much is in here? Because I can keep spending this resource every day. This is a resource that never runs out. Why? Because every day I feed, I check my bank balance, and I, and I increase it. And because for that which I give unto you, the Lord gives back to me. So as I make a transaction this way, God makes a transaction back to me. Why? Because I know my strength is in the Word. And I know, I don't know all things about the Word, but I know some things. And those things I can give to you. And I know that I can pray out of what I know. And I'm realizing that God is revealing to me so much more. And he's showing me what I actually do know. And what is actually given to me. Not so you can boast. But so you can be confident. That I feel equipped. I am equipped. I've been trained. I'm being equipped. Because I need to be deployed. 
Amen? You train, you train people for deployment. So, I pray out of his glorious riches that Christ may strengthen you with power. Now, what does that power look like? What does that power look like? Well, whatever you've got in your heart right now, whatever you entered into, that's a source of power. Because you can stand from that position and begin to push back the works of the enemy from that position. It's a power. It's a leverage you have. I pray out of his glorious riches. But enter into him. So, through his... What's this? I pray out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's why you must partner with the spirit that's in you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And he'll make your paths straight. And then he says this, through his, through the, his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you've been rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, not just you, with all of us. We all have the same connecting power. Yes? To grasp. Oh, remember those things? No mind has conceived yet. No eye has seen. No perceived. There's things that God wants you to perceive. And here it is to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and deep is the love of Christ. You're, I'll let you know now. Your mind can't go to that full extent. But we can certainly have a play. And to know, and to know, everyone say, to know. God wants me to know some things. And to know this love surpasses all knowledge. That you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Heaven is screaming, enter in, enter in, enter in to the fullness. Enter into those things your eyes have not yet seen. It sounds a paradox. But it's not. How can I enter into what my mind has not seen? Because I enter in what I have seen. And by what I do know. So that by what I have seen and I do know can lead me to what I have not yet seen. And don't yet know. Amen? I use the currency I have. Does that make sense? God wants you to know some things. God wants you to know some things. God wants you to know that when we enter in by what we know, when we enter in by what we know, and by what we have previously been imparted, so God wants you to know that you enter in by what you have previously received, what has been previously imparted. And by what has previously been revealed to you, you enter in by those things. Don't look for what... I said this to the ADT students. Don't let what you don't understand stop you from entering into what you do understand. But let what you do understand spur you on. So that what you didn't understand, you will later come to understand. Does that make sense? So, what has previously been imparted, received, and has been revealed to you by faith in Jesus Christ. Never, it's not just by your brain, it's by faith. God wants you to know that Christ and his word must keep being given access into your life. God wants you to know, keep giving me access, he says. Keep giving me access. Set aside some time. You're sat on the bus, you're listening to whatever it is you listen to. Well, use that, redeem that time. Redeem that time. I come in and I watch certain, you're watching your EastEnders. You're watching your home and away, whatever it is. You watch. Set time aside. Use the time you have. Sometimes it's not about making more time, it's about you using the time you do have. To spend more time in the things of God. God wants you to know. Partner with the Holy Spirit and give him access. 
God wants you to know that the more you give him access and the more you give this word access into your heart, that very word, Eric, will become the anchor to your soul. That very word, that very word will become the anchor to your heart, mind and your emotions. It will anchor you and ground you. So you're firm and sure. We have an anchor. Remember that song? We have an anchor. Can't remember the words, but that's not a surprise, is it? Everyone repeat this word, therefore. therefore. When you see a therefore, you need to understand why it's therefore. Yeah? When the Bible's full of therefores. So when you read therefore, think about this. You must keep entering in by what you see. Do not settle for what you've seen. But you keep entering in by what you see. So very often, the, uh, so the Spirit of God will often ask you, what do you see? Well, Lord, only you know. Wrong answer. I know I know, but I'm asking you. What do you see? Because what you see will determine how far you can enter in and which direction you're going to move in. So God wants you to know, therefore, you will enter, you keep entering in by what you see. Make the Holy Spirit's given to you so that you can see those things that you once could not see. Yeah. So keep seeing. You must keep entering in by what you keep hearing. Now, it's amazing if you're around negative people and you keep hearing negative things, you won't enter in. Because negativity has a way of keeping you out. Because negativity does not want you to enter in. Yes? So you enter in by what you keep hearing and you keep believing in your heart. Keep believing in your heart what you're hearing. This morning, make it a priority to keep on hearing this word. Keep, it, keep playing it. Podcast is brilliant. I mean, I turned my podcast when I'm in the States and all of a sudden I jumped out of my bed. He's preaching. My machine just came on and Phil's preaching. Hey, in the Holy Ghost. I'm thinking, I can't get away from this fella. Even the rocks will cry out if I do not listen to him. I'm thinking, Phil, where are you? What are you doing here? Get out of my bedroom. <laughs> That's what made me holiday. And the pad just all of a sudden came on because of the podcast I've set it on there. And all of a sudden, Phil's preaching and thinking, <sighs> yeah, well, well, you keep entering in by what you keep hearing and believing. Very quickly, you must keep entering in by what you can accurately perceive. Now, if you don't perceive properly, well, I thought the pastor said this. No, no, he didn't say that. He said this. What you don't perceive will get you in trouble. What you perceive incorrectly will get you in trouble. Or it can delay you from making a journey. So this is why you must understand and you must read and keep on hearing, keep hearing and hearing and hearing. Amen? You must keep entering in by what you can accurately perceive to be an offer. What do you perceive as an offer this morning? What do you personally perceive God is offering you this morning? Each one's going to have to answer that question. Because if you don't believe anything's on offer this morning, why would you want to take a journey? You must keep entering in by what you're able to understand. So the more understanding I can get, the further I can go. Amen? Amen. Last one. You must keep entering in by faith. For things can only enter in based on what faith receives. Things can only enter in based on what your faith receives. So folks... If you're going to pray this week, pray out of his glorious riches. Pray out of what's entered into you. Whatever firm footing you've got, use that place to start entering in.
And then before you know it, this is what will happen. You won't just have success in one area. You'll have success in many areas. And the more success you have in different areas, the more mature you'll become, the more wiser you'll become, the more God will give you his riches and power to push back all the works of the enemy trying to limit and contain your life. But you must keep entering in. Even in a dark time, you can still enter in. Even in a, in a time of sickness, you can still enter in. Your soul, your spirit can still be uh, trying to rise. Asking the Lord to send me a shaft of light, Lord. I only need a shaft of light to dispel the darkness. Send a prophet to my life. Someone who can speak and give me a word. Send me somebody to my life who can add to my life what I don't have at this point in time. You don't have to sit and sweat everything out. Things can be made easier when you pray more accurately. God can send raven to feed you. You know, ravens don't share the food. But God sends a raven to Elijah. Was it Elijah or Elisha? One of the two, one of these. <coughs> Elijah. Go and send, he, said, go, he says to a bird, he, he whispers in, the, in, the, in the, the bird's ear, go and collect your daily supply of food and go without and give it to my man. So the raven goes and flies under supreme order, command. The ravens can take an instruction. Why? Because God was supplying the needs of his servant. Right? Elijah sat under that tree and says, I'm finished. I've had enough. Jezebel's on my case. And he says, I'm absolutely finished. It's over. How many of you have ever felt like sitting under that tree and saying, it's over. I'm finished. And God sends a raven, a raven of all things. He sends a raven to supply him food. Why? Because God is focused towards you entering in. So he gives the food to the raven. The raven gives the food to Elijah. Elijah eats the food and the food enters into Elijah. Elijah gets up. He's strengthened by the word. And by, that, by, by the food, sorry. And by that food, he then begins to go to the next place. God will send everything he can to keep you moving. Amen. God will do everything he can, but you must partner with the Holy Spirit. How many of you would ever look for a raven? You wouldn't look for a raven. But God sent that raven for, for Elijah. God will send anyone. It will be a weird package. But God will send it. Why? Because God is committed that what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what mind has not conceived, that will be reversed so you, your eyes will see, your mind does perceive, and you will enter into all that God has for you. Let's stand to our feet. I want you to just... Put your hand on your heart and have this assurance that God wants you to know some things. God wants you to know how much he loves you. God wants you to know he wants you to see. God wants you to know that he wants you to perceive. And he wants you to know that you are more than capable of entering into those things that God has been calling you. But he also wants you to know that it's time to start praying out of what you've entered into. That's a good place to start. Pray out of that place this week and know that God will add to you in that very place. Sometimes you're looking for a place, you're looking for terra firma, you're looking for a place that you feel strong in. Well, the Lord says, go back to the places that you have entered and start from there and I'll meet you there. I'll speak to you from that place. And from that place, he'll cause you to lift up your eyes. And as you lift up your eyes, you'll begin to see all about you. And as you begin to see all about you and see things, your mind will begin to enter into new dimensions. And new dimensions will begin to enter into you. And all of a sudden, a new perception will come upon you. 
And as you begin, as this new perception comes upon you, you'll see deeper and further. And courage and faith will rise up to continue walking in what you see. Who wants that? Come on, raise those holy hands and say, Father, let it be unto me as your word has just declared. From this very place, O God, I will stand in this place and I will begin to pray out. You will open my eyes. You will open my heart. You will open my hands. You will open up to me, Lord, new territory. From that place, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that there's things you want me to know. You want me to know I can enter in by the blood of the Lamb. You want me to know that I can enter in through faith. You want me to know I can enter in because I'm an heir of the promise. You want me to enter in with clean hands and a pure heart. You want me to know, oh God, that if I ask anything and believe anything according to your, your destiny, will and purpose for my life, that it will be granted to me. Father, you want me to know these things. So Father, these are no longer a secret. These are no longer a mystery. These I know. This I know. Those demonic spirits said, Paul I know. Peter I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? There are things that even the demonic spirits know. But your Father has called you to know more than them. Amen? Amen. So you know Jesus. You know the spirit after Paul. When you read Paul's writings, you know the spirit that's in Paul is the same spirit that's in Christ, which is the same Christ that's in you. So we know our brothers, when we read their letters to us, we know them. And we have faith and confidence to enter in to what they tell us. Amen? Amen. This is our portion in Jesus' name. So Father, right now I thank you for this word and I ask you, Lord, let this seal this word in the hearts and minds of your people and let your kingdom come your will be done on earth today as it is in heaven and the people of God said amen, amen. let's give the Lord a, a stand innovation <coughs> well the Lord bless you make his face shine upon you